right? And our mission is equip the saints. So again, the body of Christ is made of many members. We have different gifts. And so even if we tried to do all the ideas for the, the church, that would not work. That would not go well, right? We need every member of the church to be the church that God has called us to be. And so we're here to help you, you know, to follow the Lord and to use your gifts, to discover your gifts, to equip you to use them and maybe give you guidance. Okay, does that fit the mission of the church? But, you know, you have to see it through. We're not going to do it for you. And welcome once again to another edition of Footnotes. I just wanted to talk deep, guys. Did I do a good job? Footnotes. It was great. Welcome. Fantastic. I'm joined today in the studio with Brady and Brandon. Oh. <laughs> That's my best Darth Vader. And we are here on Footnotes excited to talk today about a topic that is pertinent to you, the church member. We think it'll be beneficial and helpful. We want you to be fruitful. We have our A to F process, and we talk about that hopefully often in the church. It's on our coffee cups, every member equipped. It's on our webpage. It's our process that we talk about in our new member class, how to get you connected if you come into the church. The process of A, attending, B, beginning at Broadway, C, covenant community, D, discipleship, E, equipping, that leads the member to the place where they are ultimately fruitful, F, in their relationship with Christ and in their going for Jesus. When you get to that F level and you're fruitful, you're going to have ideas. And maybe you've thought, I have an idea, Pastor, and I'd like to talk to you about it. Or, hey, church, I have an idea of something we could do that might be a good idea. It might be a missional idea. Ideas are never lacking in any organization or institution. People will always have ideas. The problem is carrying out those ideas. So what we want to do today is help you think through if you have an idea and you are struggling to be fruitful in the ministry that God has given you as a church member and a believer, let us help you think. If you have an idea, does it fit into the mission of what the church is doing? Can you submit to the processes that the church has to go through, and then can you do it? Can you actually get out there and carry it all the way through? So for all the volunteers out there in the world who's ever had an idea, this one is for you. So you guys ready to talk about it? Fit, submit, do it. Those are the three points. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. So let's talk about number one. Let's talk about uh, does it fit? Okay, so somebody comes to us, and we get this quite a bit, and we're not, we're not ashamed of it. We're not mad about it. We like it. We say, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you're thinking about the church. Glad you're thinking about the Lord, and I'm glad you're thinking about fruitfulness. People have ideas, and the ideas range on a wide spectrum. There's everything from um, the monkey circus that Brandon had and, and wanted me to do and then there was, yeah, that was uh, definitely my idea yeah and then there was uh, my idea of a theme park um, you know similar to Disneyland but call it you know like Disciple Land, Land. Little Abner's Playground <laughs> Little Abner's Playground Brady loves Little Abner's Little Abner my favorite yeah 
If you don't know this, I preached a sermon about <laughs> Dog Patch USA, which was a legitimate, huge theme park in the state of Arkansas that I went to as a little boy. And Brady comes up to me after the sermon. He's like, who knows anything about Dog Patch? What is Dog Patch? So I pull it up, and there's a Time Magazine article with Little Abner <laughs> on the front in 1960-something. And I said, see, it was popular. It was as popular as the mouse. And so now I'm going to have to take Brady on a day to Dog Patch USA, and we're going to have to ride the rides and enjoy the day, even though it's been closed for 20 years. It doesn't even exist. (laughs) Well, we can ride the ruins. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm going to take you there, Brady. All right. I know exactly where it's at on Highway 7. So anyway, Brady's always talking about my little Abner idea. (laughs) I, I believe that if we could resurrect that, we could have a revival in the land. But there's all kinds of ideas. There's a wide spectrum. That's the point. People have all, all kinds of, and some are really good ideas. Like, hey, I want to start a Bible study. I want to do this in my home. I want to reach out to international students, or I want to help in this particular outreach event. All kinds of ideas. Hmm. And as pastors, it, it's our job to shepherd you through those ideas and to help you think through those ideas. So when you come to us with those ideas and you say, hey, I've got this idea and I would love your thoughts or your help or I would just like to do it, we want to guide you through kind of this three-step process. Um, Does it fit? Does it submit? And can you do it? So first of all, does it fit? What we mean by that is the church has a mission. And anytime you as a member or we as pastors and staff say yes to one thing, we are saying no to another thing because we all have a pie of time and every slice of the pie that you you commit, okay, that slice goes here and this slice goes there, you only have so much pie. And everyone's given the same amount of time in a week and in a day. You can't change it. So when you say yes to one thing, you're, you're essentially, whether you realize it or not, saying no to something else. So people come and they have these ideas and they want to say yes to these ideas. And they kind of want us, because maybe they're really good ideas, to instantly say, oh, yes, yes. But we're always going, well, that might be a really good idea, doing X, Y, Z for the glory of God. But does it fit into the mission of what Broadway is doing. So let's talk about that mission and and kind of give examples and flesh that out to help people think through saying yes to one thing and maybe even asking the pastors to say yes to something creates time constraints on us or, or the staff. It puts, you know, good burdens, but we have to give our energy to whatever that is, right? Yeah, I would... I would say since you have um, come, Pastor Mark, the from the beginning, you know, you've said that everything that we do at Broadway is intentional. There's always a purpose, you know, um, you know, in fulfilling the mission of Broadway. And if you asked us, what is the mission of Broadway? Well, we would point you to uh, verses like Ephesians three ten, you know, so that the revealed wisdom of God would be made known through the church. So everything we're doing, it promotes and supports gospel effectiveness. 
And then pastorally, our vision is Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our job in shepherding is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So our job is not to do all of those ideas. Our job is to support you and equip you to be able to serve the church and to serve the community in promoting gospel effectiveness through everything that we do. So we have to make sure that those ideas are allocating, and I'm going to use administrative terms because that's the world I'm living in right now, but um, you know, we have to be able to justify allocating people, time, energy, resources to the things that truly are promoting that gospel effectiveness and serving that mission of our church. Otherwise, you know, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot um, when we try to do other things that could, um, you know, promote the gospel better or more effectively. And so we just always have to be on guard for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we may have an idea that works for us individually, but again, as a church, we're a body of believers. It's not just, you know, you yourself and, and you. And so you have to think, okay, well, how does this idea affect the whole church? Is this going to support, you know, all the members of the church? Does this fit where we're going? Is there an event that may be already happening that the church is doing that kind of meets that that purpose, that need? And so we want to make sure it's not just, you know, maybe it's an idea that you yourself can do by on your own time, but does the church funds and the church staff and the church members of the church all need to be involved in this idea? Is that is it fit that mission or not? And so sometimes it may be a good idea, but it may be not the right time or not for the whole church as a whole to, to execute. Yeah, because again, my, it might be a very good idea, but there's that limited piece of the pie. You have to think through that. Does this fit the mission? So to give an example, and I'll give an example from, for, from a member who wanted something. A member wanted to do a race, like a, a you know, like the metal races they do all around the city. What are they called, Timothy? 5Ks? Like 5K? Yeah. yeah. So a member <laughs> had this idea, well, I want to do a 5K, and I would like to raise money for missions with this 5K. And it would also promote unity. A lot of our people at Broadway like to run. Um, hopefully not from the Lord. Uh, <laughs> but they to like run to away. run. Run away. <laughs> run away. I hope it's run to Jesus. But anyway, um, they uh, we like to run. We have a group called the Runways. We all have T-shirts. And right now, Timothy, I'm gearing up for the Zoom through the zoo. Are you going to be there? Can you carry me on your back this year? I'll pray about okay, pray about it. <laughs> anyway, um, we're excited about our run, and so some of these members had an idea. Well, what if we did one of these at Broadway? Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those members. So if you're thinking, oh, gosh, Pastor Mark's talking about somebody. No, I mean, I was one of those members. And I said, yeah, that's a great idea. So I come thinking, what a great idea. Let's do a run for missions. Not that we won't do it, but the right question that the staff kind of pushed back in a good way to me was, well, we can exert all this energy doing this, and we can plan this, but the question pops up in the meeting, but is this what we're supposed to be doing? Does this fulfill our overarching mission, right? And, you know, I think we thought through it and said it could fulfill the mission, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would guess? give it. Well, I was going to say I would. I would give 
another example too, where two members came to us and asked if they could, you know, have our blessing and support for, you know, serving a local nursing home facility um, to where they could lead services um, to minister to the elderly in these facility or in this particular facility uh, down the road. And, you know, after deliberation, it was really kind of a no brainer after really screening and talking through it. Like, yes, I mean, this really does align with our vision. And what was even more a tremendous blessing was, you know, these two members, you know, took that initiative and the impetus on themselves and they are leading that and doing a great job. And then we are able to play more of a supportive role in helping them resourcing whatever they need. We can provide, whether that's members or microphones or whatever it is, you know, we were able to support that initiative, but they are the ones taking that idea and doing it. It was a great idea. We screened it, thought through it, prayed over it, but they are the ones, you know, in the end who are finishing the work and it's great. And it clearly fit with our mission. It, it clearly fit. Yeah, yeah, because we thought, well, we want to encourage a right. members they're to be proclaiming fruitful. the gospel to yeah, the so elderly they're, every they're be other fruitful. week or whatever. And then it's reaching outside of our walls yeah. to proclaim that truth. So we said, yeah, this is great. Yeah. But even in that example, I want to make this point, and this is not negative, but it, it still required us to make some commitments. Sure. Right. So. We said, okay, we're going to make sure you have a sound system mm-hmm. to do this service. We're going to pay for that. We're going to uh, make sure you have what you need. We're going to send members with you on Sunday morning who will help you. So, again, a very good idea, very much in within our mission. It fits. But that's a good example that every idea requires resources i've not met an idea yet that doesn't and i get tickled when some people will say well i mean it's not going to be that much and i'm like we don't know that yet uh you know we haven't determined that yet everything's going to require time it's going to require energy help and and money probably so in that one event you know may not require quote unquote much but if 10 other events that are requested at the same time don't require much those 11 events add up to much right they add up to a lot and we have to really weigh and consider that because again we have to come to this understanding and we do we talk about this frequently as a staff but every dollar that we receive to use for ministry for the sake of ministry is donation is its tithe or an offering from our membership so we need to let that really weigh on our decisions that we make and you know and committing ourselves to these events yeah we have to be careful that we're stewarding yeah. very well god's money god's resources sure. god's church we have to steward our time well because we're required to work as unto the Lord. And so, you know, you as a member may have a great idea. Just know coming into that idea, okay, I'm going to approach leadership about this, but before I approach them, let me ask this question of my idea. Would it fit the mission of Broadway? Mm. And just to be clear, what is the mission of Broadway? If someone said, okay, great, can you, can you clearly define that mission? You guys know the answer to that? Every member equipped in A to F. Yes. Yeah. So so that's the answer. So kind of what birthed A to F is years ago I read a book by Thom Rayner called Simple Church. 
And in the book, Simple Church, Rainer says that when new people come into your church, you need to have a simple way to communicate. Every member ought to be able to look at a new person and say, this is what a mature believer in our church looks like. So that got me thinking, okay, what would that be for Broadway? How would would Joe Blow on the pew look at, you know, Jack Blow who's visiting and say, hey, if you want to know what it means to be a mature member at Broadway, here's what that looks like. I think if you ask a lot of church members that, they'd say, I don't know, attend and give. But what we've come up with is A to F, mm-hmm. which is our mission. We want to see people move to the F, the fruitfulness, and we have a process to do that. It's not perfect, but that's our mission, right? It's very intentional. So let's all say it together. Our mission is what? A to F. Yes, there we go. Every member equipped. So that's a pretty simple thing to communicate. And then members uh, can take that and go, okay, where does my idea fit in the A to F? So if you have this idea, well, I want to create a Dog Patch USA uh, amusement park in the north parking lot, that's great for you. Um, And I would come to that. I'm just saying. But uh, how does that fit the mission of A to F? How does it encourage members to bear fruit and grow and be discipled and be equipped in their faith? And so you want to think, does it fit? Okay. So let's go to the second thing. Somebody has an idea. And they say, I got this great idea. I think God wants me to do it. I want to do it. Does it fit? Okay, I got that. It's got to fit the mission of the church. Well, secondly, can I submit to the processes and the planning that the church would have to do to make this become a reality? Let me give you an example of a situation long ago that I faced that was a good thing, but they were not willing to submit to the processes of the church. So I remember long ago, we had a women's ministry at our church in Texas, and the women's ministry had a specific uh, leader who did things in a specific biblical way. It was a Titus II model, which means that the older women were discipling the, the younger women. But that was not the pop culture of women's ministry at the time. The pop culture was to take a a study by a particular lady um, who wrote about the tabernacle and Jesus and other things like that, and she had workbooks and videos. And people would take this lady, and they would just watch her and do the workbook while they watched her on the video. And that was pop culture women's ministry. So the leader that we had at the church in place had a very different vision. She was very clear about that. One of Titus II mission you know older women discipling younger women and to get them to do that we're not going to to do these video studies now other churches can do that that's their business but this is not the vision of what i have so our leader our lady leader began fleshing out that vision and teaching women a particular method and and that was women's ministry well there were a group of women in the church who said well we don't like that and we want to do video studies and so they came to me sat down they gave a proposal and they said pastor mark we want to do a second women's ministry so you have that one that's great but we don't want to go to that one we want to do this kind that watches the videos 
and we're going to do it on a different time of the day. We'll do ours on Tuesday morning, and they do theirs on Sunday or whatever. We're going to do ours on Tuesday morning, and and we want to do totally separate. And I said, well, let me think about that. Let me pray about it. Let me talk to our women's ministry director. So I did all that. I came back, and I said, I don't think we can do this. Well, they got mad. And the husband calls me and says, well, don't we have a big enough church where we can have more than one thing going at a time? Yes, we do. But you have to understand what this is, is this is competition. So this is not just, well, this women's ministry event is so full, so we're going to start another one. No, this is we don't like what you're doing over here, so we want to start our own thing. And we really don't want to submit to the leadership that the church has put in place. So because we don't want to submit to the processes and the things that you guys have worked through, what we would like to do is kind of do our own thing. Hmm. Now, here's what I told this couple that was proposing this once I told them the church does not want to support this. They got angry about it. I said, now, look, you're a free person. And if you want to have a Bible study in your home on a Tuesday morning and you want to watch these videos, you can do that all day long. I'm not telling you you can't do that. You're free to do that. It's just the church is not going to endorse it and put our name on it and promote it. Now, you're welcome to invite people within the church. You're welcome to to say, I I just want to get a group of six or seven ladies that aren't connected and I'm just going to have them in my home and we're going to have coffee and do this study. That's fine. That's fine. I I don't have any problem personally with that, but that's not what we're going to do as a church. Mm -hmm. And that's not what we're going to promote. And you have to understand that we can't do that because when we put our name on it, we're endorsing it and now we're fighting against the person we've asked to lead our women's ministry we're we're sabotaging what she's doing and we just we can't do that Hmm. and so i think that's a good example of submit you have an idea but you go okay would this idea build up the church or is it going to cause division your ideas don't always have to be supported by the church you know, you don't have to use our building. You don't have to have our name on it. We don't have to promote it. And you can do whatever you want as a free individual in Christ and, you know, whatever God leads you to do. But when it comes under the banner of the church, that changes. Hmm. What do you guys think? Well, I know another another way of submission would be, you know, really kind of making sure that you uh, or any of us because you know the staff really falls under the same process of you know planning these ideas or you know when we talk in staff meetings you know staff members have ideas or we plan events making sure you know we communicate that that falls in line with our vision but we all have to be willing to submit to the processes and procedures that are laid out by the church uh, in that regard and as far as this particular issue, you know, we were working on kind of solidifying that up for the future in, in different ways. But, um, but I think there is, you know, impetus on the person that, that makes the idea known 
that they are willing to submit and even willing to receive a no or not yet, right? Um, because, you know, like you said in that example, um, it, it may not be the appropriate time. It may not be, um, it, it may not align with the vision of the church. And we have to be people of integrity, but also people of accountability. You know, we are the church and, you know, Matthew 18 and, and all of those things that were the one another's, all those things still apply. And so even in those conversations about ideas and, and say, you know, we, we present an idea and right now it's just not a good time for the church to do that. Maybe it doesn't fall in line with the vision or whatever resources not available, whatever the, the case may be, we have to be willing to accept a no or not yet, you know? Yeah, I think that's important, and, and truthfully, what can come out sometimes in the life of people is there's an unwillingness to accept a no. Yeah. You know, and, and believe it or not, here at Broadway, we get a lot of requests for a lot of things, and to kind of put that in concrete, people want to use the building a lot, and we've dealt with this we, we try to tell people, okay, first of all, we have a ministry here that's a school. And while we have room and we may be able to accommodate you for what you want to do, there's a process we go through. So we don't just assume we, we, we have a computer program that the entire 61 acres campus uses. Um, we go through this process when we want to make sure we have a Bible study or a room. And yes, I mean, the church takes precedence on the church's side, but we also have to love other people and take things into consideration. Mm-hmm. So there's there's processes in, in place, and a lot of people don't understand that. They think, well, I want to come up here and I want to do this. Yeah, the fellowship hall is always open. Fellowship right? hall. And it's like, no, it's really it's not. Really not. <laughs> It's I mean, used a lot. There may be a bank that's using it for training or... Not to with, date the podcast. Yesterday, the whole day was vision screening for the school because, you know, they, they asked for that. And that was, you know, absolutely they, awesome. That's they great. But they went through the process. Play, yeah. yeah. We've had Chick-fil-A. Uh-huh. Uh, Trainings. They, they do a lot of community training in our building. We've had banks do um, appreciation. Well, member meetings. Member meetings. Yeah, We've had, uh, of course, member things happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then there's Bible studies that aren't really affiliated with our church, and we really struggled through that. They wanted to use the building, and I know people would go, "Well, that's why would you not want a Bible study?" Well, because you know, I was I kept asking the question. Brady, you kept it. We kept asking the question. How are you supporting the local church that already has Bible studies? Yeah. You know, are these people going to go to this and then not come to their local church? And are you under the authority of a local church? I didn't ask if you went. I said, are you under past, you know, who's, oh, we have an organization nationally. Yeah, but it's parachurch. Yeah. And anytime anything's parachurch, I, I like raise a Mr. Spock eyebrow, <laughs> you know, hmm. illogical. And so, you know, I, you, that there are places for parachurch. And then but, put them to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. The Vulcan <laughs> death grip. Um, there, there are places for that. But so I'm not saying there's not a there's a lot of great parachurch ministries. But the best thing you can always do is support your church. Yeah. Um, support it and go to it. And um, I always wonder, I mean, 
when you have Bible studies that are under direction and shepherding. Shepherding is a biblical term. So anyway, we've had that happen, and people have emailed, and, well, we just don't understand why you don't want to do a Bible study at your church. Well, because what is this? And, you know, you're going to have to explain this a little bit better to me. Well, we don't know if it falls in line with the vision of our church, you know, the content of what's being taught or, or who's teaching or, you know, all these things. You know, and like you said, if we if we host something on our campus um, as a church, then we are signing our approval. We are giving an endorsement, and we just we have to be so careful for that because, again, you know, for the pastors um, and for teachers of scripture, you know, we will be held accountable for how we shepherded um, the church, and that's to the Lord. And he's going to hold us accountable for what we allowed to come into the midst of the sheep. And we've got to make sure that we're doing that well. Yeah. Uh, So there's all these processes and procedures and members have to understand with a campus this big that our campus is used seven days a week. Absolutely. And I don't think people understand that. There's seldom a time that I've been here and no one's been on this campus. (laughs) I mean, even like on a Saturday afternoon, there's a bunch of boys up here playing football or something, which is great, you know, um, or, you know, kids are doing something, playing in the gym or something. There's always something. Yeah, there's always something. There's always something seven days a week. I think the only time I've ever been up here by myself was during the Snowmageddon oh, yeah. <laughs> when I came up here and I think we were the only ones on the campus. Uh, and those are rare, rare moments. Which is good. It's good because, because you have all these buildings. Used, yeah. And you yeah. paid all this money, and it's like yeah. it's, it's good used. to see people. It's being used every day. Everything's being used. But with that, we have to be able to monitor and, and yeah. walk through all that. It comes of that. a big stewardship. Yeah. And so you just have to understand okay, there's a submission process. Is my idea submitting to. Um, the processes and the procedures and am I going for the body of Christ or against it and you know that example of the women's ministry thing I, I hope is helpful yeah. and the pastoral uh, vision of the, the church I mean, yeah. it has to to submit yeah because p- again people have great ideas but it's like well if I ask my staff to do that can they am I putting too much on them and we are constantly doing things yeah whether it's hosting the pastor's breakfast last week with Bart Barber or whether it's the National Day of Prayer where we invite government officials or whatever it is. I mean, it's there's a lot of stuff always going on. Fest. I mean. And so the whole staff has to pitch in on those things to make it work, which leads me to the third thing, which is can you, can do, you do it? it? <laughs> can you do it? And this is probably uh, the most surprising thing uh, people discover. Uh, so people have ideas. And they come and they say, I want to do this idea. And they come maybe to the leadership or the, the secretaries or whatever. And they say, I've got this idea and I think it fits with the mission. I, I submit to whatever you guys tell me. But we've also gotten ourselves into some pickles where people really haven't thought through how much work it's going to take to make whatever that is happen. And so there's been default uh, moments where we've had to step in and 
it's taken an exorbitant <laughs> is it exuberant or exorbitant 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 trident exuberant brady exuberant is like joyful yeah exorbitant exorbitant amount is like an exorbitant 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 there it is okay <laughs> exorbitant Amount of time. I'm trying to say, <laughs> trying I'm to smart. say this word. I'm trying to sound smart. An exorbitant I, amount of time in you, this podcast. You know why I can't say words like that, Brent? Because <laughs> I went to Dog Patch USA when I was a kid. Little Abner didn't say Little Abner exorbitant. Didn't say Little Abner didn't know about exorbitant. Um, he was too exuberant. Uh, he was yeah. exuberant. That's right. Um, but anyway, uh, yes. they don't realize, oh my goodness, there's so much that I didn't think about. And we've had these things thrown on the staff, and it's like, okay, now we have to rescue this situation mm-hmm. because I don't think they understood how hard this is going to be, how much work it's going to take, how much time it's going to take, and we don't have the time to give this. This yeah. was not our idea. Yeah. Uh, we will support you. We will help you if it fits and submits. But, like, you got to be able to do it. And that's where a lot of the disconnection comes from. Um, you know, people just can't, they, they get into it and then can't follow through. Well, like, what's your, uh, your like, military example? Like, you know, you, like, our, again, our job um, oh, about in ministry the lieutenant? is to, yeah, yeah. to supply, to so support. I, gotta, I want to tell this for, so that it'll be forever enshrined. Okay. So I used to know this just great guy. I just loved him to death. Um, he was the epitome of a Texan. His name was Jake Lyon, and he owned a uh, surveying company there in Lufkin, and he was a captain in the U.S. Army. Uh, I think he was a ranger, or, uh, yeah, I think he was a ranger. There's several guys that were Army, and I get them confused. But he went to Texas A&M, and he did the whole military thing, and he said once when his commanding officer was— had assigned Jake a duty. Jake was a lieutenant, young, and the duty was, I want you to take all your men and I want you to have them to dig a ditch. And so Jake instructed his men under him, his troops, to dig a ditch on this ridge. And Jake got down into the trench with his men and was digging with them, trying to help them, right? Lead by example was his thought and so he gets in there trying to lead by example okay i'm going to get in the ditch i'm going to dig this with my guys and i'm going to lead by example well his captain comes by on horseback and says uh lieutenant come up here so he comes up you know out of the ditch and the the captain says do you want to keep your bars he says well yes sir he said okay well then you get out of that ditch your job is not to be in there digging with those men. Your job is to stand over them and direct them and make certain that they dig it right. So don't get in the ditch and do it for them or with them. You stand above them and you direct them and you lead them. Otherwise, I'm going to strip you of your lieutenant bars and we're going to put you in the enlisted corps. So, I mean, that was a life lesson for him. And he learned, okay, if I'm going to be an officer, then I have to learn how to lead. 
Is that the example you were talking about? Well, yeah. That, or no. No, that's good. Okay. Well, so I tell that because I've loved that story. I've told that to our deacons. And Jake told that to me. He was a deacon. And he told that to me as a young pastor and said, See, we deacons are your lieutenants. And we're supposed to be standing over the trench making sure the body, the, the people in the body are doing the work. Right. And and you're the captain and your job is to give us the vision and say dig the ditch. And then my job as a lieutenant is to make sure they do it. And you can trust me, I'll make sure they do it. And I never forgot that. That was the best just example of deacon. You're, oh, yeah. you're a lieutenant, right? So when people come and say I want to do something, I'll say, Okay, can you be a lieutenant? And not everybody's a lieutenant. Some people are sergeants. And some people are corporals, and some people are just privates. And that's their personality. It's who they are. They don't know how to lead. They only know how to follow. Right. And so a sergeant will do what you tell him to do, and only what you tell him to do. A lieutenant is going to have to have the tenacity and wisdom to look and say, okay, I know what my orders are, but I'm going to be creative in how we carry this out. I'm going to do what it takes. So... Some people come and they have these ideas, but they're a sergeant. They're not an officer, and they they don't have any clue how to make that happen. And then they just kind of come and dump it on us and say, okay, tell me what to do. Well, I don't have time to tell you what to do. If I had to tell you what to do, I would do it myself, right? Because <laughs> right? I'll do it better and the way I want it done. So what I want is I want good lieutenants mm-hmm. that are under me that know how to carry out the mission. And it's frustrating for leaders when – they're, they can't, you know, they don't have those lieutenants, right? Or um, when the the people, um, and, you know, I, w- I want to be careful here, but um, because I don't want to make false assumptions, but, you know, that the people assume that we are the lieutenants or that we are even the privates doing the work, right? Or we, we're the ones, you know, strictly planning those events or that's our purpose here because... I'll say our staff, um, I think, works incredibly hard at doing what has been tasked by them by the church in overseeing all these ministries, Um, but that really doesn't leave a lot of time for us to get into the weeds of every single thing that takes place across the church. We would be overwhelmed. And... um, and also it would be a misunderstanding of our role here again as the the ones who are supporting the cause like we we are stewarding the resources we you know have met with our people we're trying to identify their giftings we're trying to equip them in all of these different ways like the equipping classes are incredible opportunities to be equipped but that is where our time is spent because we are assuming that our people will rise up to become lieutenants so that we, as, as those lieutenants go out and mobilize the body, we can in turn support them, yes. call on them, give them whatever resource yeah. they need as long as it fits within our vision, and trust them to do the work and see it finished. Yeah, we're like we're like a quartermaster, you yeah. know. So the Ulysses S. Grant for a while held a high rank in the Mexican-American War. He was the quartermaster, and his job was to make certain that General Zachary Taylor's troops were supplied on the front lines 
uh, in the Mexican-American War. Uh, and I, that's kind of really how I see my role as pastor. Uh, somebody has to lead. And the Scripture, let's put this biblically, is very clear in two verses. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say three. First Timothy chapter three. Well, okay, four. First Timothy chapter three is is shepherd. You know, lead the church, be an elder, a bishop. First uh, Peter chapter five. Uh, you know, shepherd the flock of God, using that metaphor and analogy. But even more clear is Hebrews thirteen seven and seventeen. And in Hebrews thirteen seven, it says, "Obey your leaders; they're your leaders over you." And in Hebrews thirteen seventeen, just ten verses later, the same word leadership is used. So God does appoint leaders, and that does not mean that we are better than you. Generals are not better than privates. You may have a more moral, uh, outstanding character private, like um, uh, Doss. Uh, what was his name? Doss. Uh, Des- Desmond. Doss. Desmond Doss. You might have a, 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 a private who's got more character, like Desmond Doss or like Sergeant York, then you have the general that's over him, okay? So we're not talking about anybody being less. We're just saying that in life, somebody has to be in command. And and you have teachers that are in command of students. You have police officers who are, you know, in command of the, the protection of civilians yeah. and the, the enforcement of laws. You have pastors who are, you know, given the job to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so I see my job to support them and to help them to be that quartermaster and to make sure we get you the supplies and, and what you need to accomplish the mission that God has given us. We're all under his mission. And I'm not ashamed to be that leader standing above the trench. That's what God's called me to do. And that's not arrogant. It's not forceful. You know, again, I'm not ashamed to be the leader, I, um, I I think this is what God's asked me to do so that I can encourage the people of God to do the things God has called us to do. Somebody's got to be in charge. Right. And somebody's got to be lieutenants, and somebody's got to be troops on the ground, to use that analogy. So moral of the story is, you know, don't be surprised if you have an idea and you come up to us, one of the pastors or the staff, that we're going to turn it back on you and say, are you ready to carry it out, to see it through to the end? Um, you know, you have this idea. Obviously, God has given you a passion for something, and we want to help you and support you in that it's so long as it falls within our vision, but you have to be willing to take it to the end. Yeah, yeah we're here to help you, but we're not here to do it for you, right? And our mission is equip the saints, so... Again, the body of Christ is made up of many members. We have different gifts. And so even if we tried to do all the ideas for the the church, that would not work. That would not go well, right? We need every member of the church to be the church that God has called us to be. And so we're here to help you, you know, to follow the Lord and to use your gifts, to discover your gifts, to equip you to use them, and maybe give you guidance. Okay, does that fit the mission of the church? But, you know, you have to see it through. We're not going to do it for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And... So, you know, that's the whole idea, can you do it? And I've had situations where the people would say, oh, I'm going to do this, and then they wouldn't follow through. So I I think of one example years and years ago, another example from far away, long ago, but uh, a woman said, I'm going to decorate the church for Christmas. 
and she wanted to do this. And so she did this huge elaborate decoration because the pastor before me had done this big, big event every year that I couldn't replicate or reproduce, nor did I want to. So this lady said, I'm going to revitalize that and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, do it myself. And, and we said, okay, great. Well, she does it, but when it comes time to take it all down, she comes to me one Sunday, and, and I'm halfway listening after the service. I mean, I'm sorry. It's a busy time. People are coming up to you left and right. And, and I vaguely remember her saying, well, I've done about all I can, and I didn't know what that meant. And she's just kind of making some comment off the cuff. Well, a couple of days later, we have this funeral at the church. And it's January, and the, the Christmas decorations are still up. And so I call her, and I said, hey, we've got this funeral tomorrow. The family really doesn't want these Christmas decorations up. When are you planning, <laughs> when are you planning to take these down? And she said, well, that's what I told you Sunday morning. I've done all I can. I'm like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, I mean, I, I can't take them down. You're going to have to figure that out. And I'm, I'm like, okay, but I thought you said you were doing these decorations. Well, I did. I decorated, but, you know, it's not my responsibility to take it down. So, you know, I find myself getting a ladder and having to take all these things down and storing them in the dumpster so that this never happens again. <laughs> and I'm, I was so angry, and I, I learned my lesson. I've learned you've got to be extremely thorough. You know, people will say, can I have a funeral at the church? And you want to say yes, but I've learned don't say yes, not immediately, because one family, I, I'll never forget this, we kindly said, yes, this is not at Broadway, this was long ago, said, yeah, you can have your, your, your mother's funeral at our church, and we thought we were doing a good thing, and they show up with the funeral home, okay, they're paying the funeral home, and they show up, and, and they said, we just said, yeah, you can use our building, and their first question is, well, where's the bulletins? And we're like, we didn't make any bulletins. You never said, I mean, that's not our responsibility. That's the funeral homes. Well, where's the snacks for the viewing? And we're like, we don't have any snacks. We're feeding you tomorrow after the funeral, but you know, we're just doing that as a courtesy. And they had all these demands. And, and they were angry that we had not, as a church, thought through all these things that well that's what you do at a funeral home and i'm like right but this is not a funeral home you're paying this caraway funeral home maybe they should do that for you i mean you've contracted with them and honestly what i wanted to do to be honest that they got the guy got like angry with me and i realized this was a hard moment in his life but i mean had the holy spirit not constrained me i was gonna like say well you know what you can go and soak in this whole funeral and y'all just going down to the funeral home and you have it there that's what i wanted to say but i didn't i mean we grinned we bared it we got through it and i said never again i mean you have to spell everything out because people don't think through stuff they just assume well you know i'm gonna have this funeral and that means you're gonna do all this for me well we never agreed on that i never said that and we face a lot of that still. I mean, still, I'll, I'll have a meeting with somebody. I'll try to be as thorough as I can. And then they'll, they'll call back, okay, well, I, I want this. No, see, we never agreed to that. We never said we could do that. So you, you have to be able to do it. You have to think through it. And, and I don't know what to say other than get with some other believers. And if you have an idea and you want to serve and you, you want to be fruitful 
don't be discouraged by what we've said today. Get with other people and get counsel. Get out a piece of paper if you have to and start writing down, okay, what would this take and what would I have to do? What do you guys think? Come on, Brady. <laughs> Glad you showed up today. <laughs> Brady. Brady, this is little Abner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we want to encourage people, again, to use your gifts, think big ideas, dream big, but also just, you know, there is reality. And so, you know, coming to us with a, you know, if you haven't thought through what is this going to take, how much money, how many people, how many hours, again, how does this affect other people in the church? And there's kids who meet in the, the fellowship hall tomorrow, and there's, you know, like the funeral incidents, they're not thinking about or the lady with the Christmas decorations, like, well, there's a funeral like this next week, and you didn't think about you're leaving these decorations, and now it affects everybody else in the church. They don't want Christmas trees on their funeral, and now you've got to do it as a pastor. You weren't expecting to spend half your day, you know, taking down Christmas decorations. So, again, we just need to be thoughtful. How does our actions or even our ideas affect other people or affect the church? Or if you don't show up and finish this thing you said you would do. Well, that affects everybody else in the church, right? Everything we do affects everybody else. And so sometimes we can be kind of thoughtless and think, well, this is a great idea. I'm going to do it. But yeah, but that affects every other church member. Whatever your idea is, it affects everyone, the pastors, the deacons, the church members. And so just be thinking through, you know, thoroughly, okay, who does this benefit? Is this possible? How many people? You know, what are the details? And just really think that out before kind of dumping on you know the do this for us please and you're like well have you thought about what this is going to take because this is a huge idea and we've all had that you know where we've dreamed ideas up one afternoon like wouldn't we be cool if we did this you know and it's one thing to talk and dream it's nothing to execute reality and do it you know and to ask other people to follow you and help you with that and so just realize you know dreaming and, ex and executing are very different things and so what is that going to take to actually make that a reality yeah, absolutely. Closing thoughts. We want people to have ideas. We just want to help shepherd them. Yes. Yeah, and again, just to reiterate, a, a process is in the works for um, our staff and our membership to, you know, get to engage in, you know, sharing their ideas. And um, and so that's that's coming soon, and that'll be, I think, really helpful, streamlined way for our people to get engaged all right, well, with that in mind, we end this edition of Footnotes. Thank you guys for the discussion, and uh, I'm looking forward to building Dog Patch Part 2 USA. With the monkey farm. With the monkey farm in the back on the North parking lot. I can't wait. Mm. Brady, I think you kind of look like little Abner, so I think we're going to dress you up <laughs> and let you be the character. Well, we'll let you dress up. We're not going to dress you up. Yeah, we'll let you dress up. We're not going to dress you up. All right. And on that note, that's another edition of Footnotes. And that's another episode of our podcast, Footnotes. We drop our podcast each Friday, so be sure to tune in, check us out, and listen. Footnotes is a ministry of Broadway Baptist Church located in South Haven, Mississippi. We're located right outside of the Metro Memphis area. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at broadwaychurch.org. Until next time, it's Footnotes. <laughs>